This is Donna Otto, and we are modern homemakers. We do love being with you. Thank you for joining us and listening to this um, material that we have been called to share with you regarding the four main areas of what we believe is God's call to women, women of God, wives, mothers, and homemakers. Decades ago, Ross Campbell wrote a book called How to Really Love Your Child. This counselor and family practitioner has sold millions of copies of this book. The chapter titles are leading you to understand what he talks about that, and that is two distinctives. Discipline, what is it? loving discipline, and how to show love, eye contact, physical contact, and focused attention. So I want to spend my time with you today just sort of summarizing again, reminding you, as we've talked just recently about motherhood, the high calling of motherhood, the reality that this Mother's Day is not just a day to set aside for flowers and food and games and gifts. It is a recognition of what the call of motherhood is, how to really love your child. Oh, Donna, that's such a big word, love, how to really love your child. Well, Campbell does a good good job of talking about uh, love and discipline and loving discipline, but his heart, his strength is about loving. His, his recognition is that when we feel loved, by anyone for that matter, when we feel cared for, when it's deep and abiding and honest and godly and controlled, um, we build something in a person that allows them for discipline. Discipline being the repercussion from a child being told to do something and not doing it. What I love, and I never, ever think of this book without this story coming to full image, he describes something called the emotional tank. And he described something that I had seen happen with hundreds of children, just hundreds of children. And I know you will respond to it, having recognized it yourself, with other children or your own children. And that is a little, little person who's just learning to walk, maybe even just learning to crawl, but in those early stages of not being held by his mother or father or caregiver. And all of a sudden, he crawls off or she crawls off or she walks away, but just as she gets five feet away or six feet away, there's a sudden glance to look back, or she walks a little further away and another glance to look back. What that child is doing is celebrating their ability to take an independent step from the parent, but at the same time, they want to make sure that the parent is still there perfect picture of how it looks. I want to go to school, mom. I want to get my driver's license, mom. I want to go to college, mom. 
but there's always something that looks over our shoulder and says, are you still there? This emotional tank is the place where he gives us strong advice and counsel about how to truly love your children. Love is such a big word and so misused in much of the culture. Um, Yes, it's an act of love to send flowers, but that's not love. The relationship we build with one another, eye contact, physical contact, focused attention. And these are the three things that he talks about. And I see this missing in our culture. I see this missing in our culture, period. Less eye contact, of course less eye contact, we're very busy looking at our phones. Less physical contact, not only have we been through a dreadful pandemic, which has caused us to be fearful and certainly careful about who we touch and who we, where we are and what physical contact, about having masks on that keep us even from one another, and then focused attention. I don't know about you, but I have... I have trouble with attention, period. But in this culture where it's beeping and ringing and singing and talking, my husband and I just came back from a week away, a great gift from some friends, a week away of quiet. And when we got back to the airport to get on the plane to come home, there was this sudden a factor of all the noise just ringing everywhere, noise and commotion. The airport was large and crowded and the escalators and the elevators and the beeping and the ringing and the noise. This is missing in our, con- in our culture, eye contact, physical contact, and fo- focused attention. I wish I had known and understood this when I was a young mother. But as a follower of Christ, I believe it's never too late to think about these things with regard to our children. Now, most often when we're talking to young mothers, we're talking about a child's good behavior, a good behavior. You know, we take our children to public places and what we hope for, what we pray for is good behavior. Well, that's sort of the outward growth, isn't it, of what loving a child is really all about. It's training a child in mind and character to enable the child to be self-controlled, constructive member of our society, self-controlled. We see less and less a call for self-control. That is why the call of motherhood is the high calling, because we are the people who stand between this child and the ability to have some self-control and be a constructive member of our society. I think there are a lot of ways that we train through our children through every form of communication, by example, by modeling, by verbal instructions, by written requests, by teaching, teaching. See, that's the one I do best, but I needed to include all of them by providing learning and fun experiences. The guidance of this correct kind is more important than punishing it when it doesn't come to pass. So when a child misbehaves, the child who really fully feels loves wants to identify with his or her parent. The strong bond of love allows the child to respond with reception, not anger or hostility. 
but with reception. And I have seen more and more on the streets of America and the airports of America, children who do not respond with uh, kindness or reception, but instead they respond with anger. They respond emotionally and cause a lot of disorder in all the places that they are found. So it's seriously important that we listen to our children and what they are trying to communicate. I've talked about this many times over the years, but the importance of controlling our emotion and yet understanding the cries of a child. Do you know the different cries of a child? The deep, wounded cry of a child versus the terribly angry, I didn't get my way. If you've been making mistakes and how you speak to your children, it is so appropriate for you to apologize. It's so appropriate for you to fall into this stage of life and saying, that's not how I'm going to do it again. I look back at my own parenting, and I have a 51-year-old daughter. Yep, you can do the numbers there. Um, but I, I protected and guarded uh, many emotions. Well, first, because I didn't understand my own emotions. But secondly, because I thought the way to really parent was to protect that child from seeing me sad or mad or disappointed or out of control or passive aggressive or whatever it is you want to see. I particularly didn't want her to see the sin side of my life. Gradually, I learned the understanding that that's human. And her seeing that and understanding that was really important. So there are five little steps I want to give you. One, control your anger. Now, I'm not angry, you say. Well, why don't you ask someone who knows you well, how often do they see you be angry? Two, um, have discipline and punishment. Discipline and punishment. There are a couple of passages in Proverbs that I hang to on both of the sides of punishment and discipline. Proverbs 13, 24, Proverbs 23, 13, and Proverbs 29, 15. Remember the Proverbs are not commands, they're suggestions, but they also give the result of disobedience. They give the result of a lack of discipline. Uh, they reflect a lot of emotions that come by the way we discipline and offer punishment for results in our child's life. Um, recognize the results of your approach. Recognize the results. Pause long enough to say, is that working? Should I try something else? Um, be careful not to put the horse before the cart. Sometimes we want to get it right so badly that we do put the horse before the cart. And lastly, some corporal kind of punishment. What does that really mean? Now, that'll vary depending upon who you are and what you and your husband agree. But, you know, I, I did a few shows some months ago and came to understand that the no pain, no gain was actually from my own physical pain and a physical therapist that it actually releases some chemicals in our body. When there is pain, this chemical is released and there's gain. Oh, and I always thought that was just some hokey 
uh, sports metaphor, no pain, no gain, watching people do the things they do um, to succeed in some uh, event. My husband and I were just talking about it. We were um, in Utah where part of the 2002 Olympics were um, held. Well, Salt Lake City was the main hub for those Olympics in 2002. And my husband was telling me this, several stories, but one that just shocked me. He said there was a man who um, was a shooter in the shooting event in the Olympics. I think I may have watched that once or twice in my lifetime, not an event I'm particularly crazy about. And he said this man shot with his right hand and won the Olympics. And then something happened, a tragic accident, and he lost his right arm. And I thought, where could he be going with this story? And yep, he was going just where you think I might be going. This man learned how to shoot with his left hand and won the Olympic gold again. Now, I, I stand flabbergasted at that. I think I'm more flabbergasted at why he would want to do that. But, but I, I, the reality is that these things that we invest in, this, that we discipline ourselves in, and what I'm talking about in Ross Campbell's material is that this loving discipline you see, they're not separate. They're not discipline or loving. They're connected, this loving discipline. So how do I deal with this misbehavior of a child? Or do I let the child do exactly what the child wants to do? All children need and want love. And they know they need love and they know they want it. But the way they seek to get it is often immature and irrational. The little child who turns his cereal bowl upside down on the tray still wants the love that he's feeling and he's behaving irrationally. The primary cause of misbehavior in a child is, according to Campbell, their true lack of a sense of love. I think about that and just shocked, and yet I recognize his rationale, the, the recognition of the rational way to get approval and love. Instead, they use an irrational way, which is throwing themselves on the floor and kicking their feet or, or whatever. Their behavior basically says to you, take note, mom. Take note of Ross Campbell's research. If this child is acting out this way, this child is really saying to you, do you love me? Can you show me that you love me? He's not able to say those words. But this sense of loving discipline. Always begin by asking, what does this child need? Do this before taking action on anything. Ask about their emotional tank. Do you think it's full? Are you practicing good eye contact, physical touch, focus attention? I just went through those three things. We see so little of that in our culture. So I'm admonishing you. I'm encouraging you. You who have this important high calling of motherhood, focused attention, physical touch, and eye contact. Don't be in such a rush. Misbehavior may be caused by a need for one of these not just misbehavior. So how are you doing with your eye contact? How are you doing with physical touch? Boys are harder to have physical touch than girls are. Focused attention. How long do you stop and pay attention to your child? 
causing punishment for misbehavior should be the last stop, not the first stop. It should be the last one. We should ask ourselves these other questions first. We should focus on how much love we're displaying. And I'm talking about the kind of love that we read in the scripture about the love that comes from him through us to our children. The second thing you might do is ask what their physical needs are. You know, hangry got to be a very uh, fashionable word. What was hangry? You were hungry and angry. Is your child hungry? We all get cranky when we're hungry. Um, I think so few of us ever experience what hunger looks like in our culture because we're always nibbling and sipping and drinking and and noshing, as my grandmother used to call it. Is your child tired or fatigued? Is it hungry? Is it tired or fatigued? Or is your child sick? Is is he coming down with something? These are questions that should, again, be asked. So how is this tank of love? Am I practicing good eye contact, touch, and focused attention? Am I doing that? And then what's going on in his world or her world? Are they hungry? Are they tired? Are they potentially not feeling well physically? I, I want to pause there and just say, as an older women, woman, I recognize how little attention I played until I was in my 40s, maybe even my early 50s, to my own physical well-being because I just did what needed to be done. We just did it. Now, I think that's partly because that's how I was raised. I hope that you are making time to help your children understand it's okay to pause. It's okay to stop. It's okay to take time for a book. It's not always about getting the tasks done. Make sure that they are not tired and fatigued because they've been running around doing things that we think need to be done and not having as much time for downtime. Dealing with punishment. Punishment is appropriate, of course, where circumstance requires it. And Campbell's very clear to say that we should confront the child lovingly. Remember, his whole model is loving discipline. If they are genuinely sorry, and you can tell that, then forgive them. Forgive them as God forgives us. But remember, the key is genuine. There is no one in the world who can recognize dis genuous response better than a mother. Really, really. I, I, I've told this story many times too, but it just comes to my mind again. Our little girl was four years old and she put both of her hands up in front of me and she said, let me explain, let me explain. And I thought to myself, yeah, let me explain why I did this bad thing, why I did this inappropriate, this suggested by your mother not to do thing. Let me explain it. She wasn't sorry that she had done it. She wanted to explain it away. We're like that. I'm like that. Let me explain the circumstances of why I behaved badly. I mean, I just got off a plane and I'm really tired. And my husband says something and I retort with a strong voice. Let me explain. I'm tired. I've just got off the plane. That process is, of course, a natural thing for us to do. But genuine sorry, genuine desire, you can see that. And they need to learn to feel your forgiveness as you continue to practice this first seminary that they experience in childhood. 
the effects of corporal punishment if the child is generally sorry. Being sorry shows a guilty conscience, and that is good. That is what you want. You want them to take responsibility for what they have done. Punishment under these circumstances, uh, if we put a a corporal punishment on a child who's not generally sorry, they will only become more angry. So do be careful about the effects of corporal punishment. I know some of you don't even think that that's necessary, and that is the choice that each of you have to make. The scripture does give us some indications that some sort of corporal punishment can be very um, educational and very useful and helpful. And of course, that's very mild and appropriate in only certain age children. There are consequences to bad actions. Just remember that. If you're speeding down the street and you get a tinket, as Anissa called it, that's the consequence for your behavior. That has to be instilled in a child so they can understand that there isn't punishment just because mommy's angry. There's punishment because they've misbehaved and now there are consequences. Bad actions have uh, a consequence and that is very important to instill in a child. Uh, Otherwise, they're constantly talking themselves in and out of the things they've done. The last thing I would say is watch out for manipulation with your children. Children are the most clever. They may seem to be contrite when they're caught in misbehavior, but you can spot manipulation, the repeating of the same actions over and over and over and over again. Just remember that Ross Campbell's key ingredient to us is a key ingredient that pass, that uh, is compatible with the scripture and that this is loving discipline. How to really love your child is what this classic book is called. And the way to do that by Dr. Ross Campbell is to have a good measure of both loving and discipline. But more than that is a really ability to recognize what your child needs. I hope these points have been helpful and useful to you. I'll tell you that I have had more letters through the years uh, teaching this material from women who hear me say these things and they suddenly have a light turn on in their own heads and their own hearts. For the absence of loving in their own growing up and the result of the absence of loving discipline in their own lives. The Proverbs is clear to remind us that these usually result in behavior we're not proud of, behavior we want to fix. God can help you redirect the things you missed in your childhood. He can, he will, he does. I'm calling you, those of you who are engaged in the high calling of motherhood, to pause long enough to discover, do you really love your child? What are your motives in raising this child? And can you offer sincere, loving discipline as you raise this child in the admonition of God? We are Modern Homemakers, and I am Donna Otto. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of demonstrating sincere, genuine, godly love to your children.